0: Welcome one, welcome all, final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. Loving it. Good stuff. This portion of the program is brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. They are Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer. Go to CunisRV.com. We'll have more on them coming up here shortly. So I finished the, uh, the last hour with the thought and watching the NFL Network and CBS and such um, kind of talk about the NFL primetime matchups, if you will. And you got Sunday night, Monday night football, Thursday night football. Some of the uh, uh, you know the prime matchups that are going to be happening throughout the NFL. And when you start to think about some of the storylines this year, and I know we all want to see the Green Bay Pack. I, I, personally, just me personal, I appreciate the Packers that play, because they play in so many primetime games. There's so much demand for. For the Packers, for the storyline, for Aaron Rodgers, and and the success that they've had, absolutely. Completely get it. Okay. I appreciate the noon games, (laughs) to be honest with you. You get up, you go to the stadium, you uh, get done with the game. The postgame show is done by 5 or 6 o'clock, and you're back home and ready to go and watching other games and Sunday night games and such, and then talking about it the next day. Primetime games, right in primetime games are not easy. Because by the time you get off the air, it's usually midnight, 1 a.m., and even later, depending on how late the game goes, and then you're back up the next morning. It's 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 tough for us. But fans prefer to feel like they're featured. You know, like their team is that feature. You know, the rest of the world is looking at us. And I get it, there's a pride there, which is completely respectable. Pride in that, but if you're going to make the storylines, the intrigue, the 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 team itself that prime time affair, which teams do you feel deserve good prime time coverage? You know, which teams do you feel has the most should have the most prime time coverage? 877 uh, 867 Mark says, how about the Arizona Cardinals with everything that's going on with Kyler Murray? Uh, they certainly are going to have a lot of intrigue and storylines around that team, especially with DeAndre Hopkins testing positive for PEDs and thus being suspended for six games. The return of J.J. Watt, for that matter. You know? Think about that. Kyler Murray with all of his offseason stuff and his anger um and wanting to get paid DeAndre Hopkins being put on the suspension list and the fact that uh, you've got JJ Watt returning they feel like they have a pretty good defense but you know there's 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 a lot there and Cliff Kingsbury um for all that Kyler Murray was the beginning of the season last year, the second half of the season after coming back from injury, wasn't much. His statistics were drastically different. Can he finally put an entire season together? And if he can't, does Cliff Kingsbury, who many are screaming for out there in the desert, to say, well, he's the guy that kind of developed Kyler Murray, but is he really the guy to take you to the next step? He, locally, he might be on the hot seat. So I, I would agree with that. That would be a, a good, intriguing team. Uh, we got a couple of votes already for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I went through that already. Um, Max says uh, the shootout between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs was epic. I want to see a little more of Josh Allen. We all know we want the Green Bay Packers on each and every week. But I love the Buffalo Bills and what they're doing and what they're trending towards. R- that was an epic game. And that game was a rule-changing game. They changed the rules for overtime because of what happened in that game. Josh Allen never got a chance to touch the football. Remember, it was Patrick Mahomes went right down the field, that pass in the back half of the end zone, back right corner of the end zone to Travis Kelsey. That was it. That was it. And so that game in the postseason changed the way we look at uh, overtime rules now in the NFL. So the Buffalo Bills, a team that got, you know, some will say they got jobbed because Josh Allen never had a chance to touch the ball. Well, now you will. Now you will. Getting Jamison Crowder, Stephon Diggs already. They've got uh, Gabriel Davis. Pretty staunch defense. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad way to go. And then it's always when you throw into it Bills Nation and, you know, the B- Buffalo Bill mob and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it it, it becomes prevalent. Um, this is, the, who is this from? Devil D? Devil D says, uh, I'd like to see more of Joe Burrow. I think he's an up-and-comer, has a lot of swag to him uh, after watching him in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I'm sure Cincinnati might get one or two. I don't know necessarily that they're a big ratings draw. Joe Burrow, though, I agree with you. Remember when he came to the podium uh, with the with the kind of the pinkish glasses on, and some of the attire that he was wearing as they were showing him arriving at the stadiums throughout the postseason, yeah, they're going to get some more because of his personality. They're going to get some more, and some were all actually feeling that Joe Burrow was feeling way too much swagger for as young as he is in the National Football League. Because remember, in in his first season, he ended up going down with an ACL, so he didn't even get a chance to complete his first season. So last year was his first full season, and he took his team to a Super Bowl and did it with a very poor offensive line and a really good defense. Now we'll see if uh, they can expound upon that. But I agree, he's got some swagger. He's got a lot of personality, no doubt. No doubt. 877-867-1670. 877 1670 You want to find us, do it. Love to hear from you. Again,
1: 877-867-1670. Um, yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> Bill, you know who I'm all in on this year, who, at that? least to watching? No. Uh, first is Washington, because I think Carson Wentz is going to look hilarious in those colors. And he is (laughs) at least entertaining. It's either great or it's a disaster. But I'm all in on the Colts. Put Matt Ryan on that team. They choked away their season. Jonathan Taylor's electric. They have a good defense. Like They they could be a contender or it could just all fall apart. The new look Colts.
0: And, you know, selfishly speaking, when you talk about Jonathan Taylor, obviously, you know, yeah. And then they picked up, don't forget, they got Alec Pierce in the second round at the wide receiver position. And like you said, they already uh, traded for Matt Ryan. Uh, they've got Michael Pittman. Uh, they've got Paris Campbell. They got some decent wideouts. Uh, they added a ton of depth. I don't think they really added many starters to this team other than swapping out their quarterback position. So the, the Colts are uh, with, obviously, everybody loves Frank Reich and what he can do offensively speaking and see what he does for Matt Ryan to see if he can take Matt Ryan to the next level. But, yeah, the Colts would be at least a couple of games the Colts could be some must uh, see tv if uh if Matt Ryan gets his gets his career kind of um resuscitated in Indianapolis. Uh Anthony says I can't believe nobody's talking about uh, the new look at New Orleans Saints. Their coach leaves, abandons them thinking they're not going to have any talent. And now they're picked to be one of the contenders in the division. Anthony, it's amazing. They got Chris Olave. They got Trevor Penning to uh, the left tackle position. They still have Alvin Kamara. They got Michael Thomas. They got some weapons. They, uh, they re-signed uh, to a contract extension, Jameis Winston. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the best move or not. But you still have Cameron Jordan. You still got Shea Tuttle as your defensive front. Marcus Davenport. You, you're pretty solid in your secondary. Now, I don't know what they're going to end up doing. Uh, they got Alante Taylor in the second round to be at the, uh, the other corner position. They might have gotten good quick. Now, what their depth is, I think they're still going to be lacking. But they might have gotten better quick if, if Jameis Winston, who had a knee injury last year and was done for the season, if Jameis Winston comes back, plays well, and doesn't throw 4,700 picks as he's done in the past. Remember, he had his eyes worked on and was playing some decent football before he ended up going down with injury. So we'll see what actually happens. But yeah, the, uh, the New Orleans Saints in that division. Now, in that division, you got Tom Brady coming back and... Atlanta's picked to be dead last. They're just terrible, but they did make some inroads to at least picking up some decent personnel in the draft. But Tampa Bay, with Tom Brady, Tom Brady retiring and then unretiring, and everything else that's gone on down there, then you've got their head coach saying I'm going to step down. All of the change that's gone on in Tampa Bay,
1: they're intriguing. Completely, completely believe that. Um, Taysom Hill, or Taysom Hill? Excuse me. Yeah. No, no. You, you were mentioning yeah. who the Saints have coming back, and you oh, you neglected oh, the, okay. the All Star, All Pro Taysom Hill who can yeah, do everything Taysom perfectly. Hill. Yeah, that that doesn't man. Yeah, Taysom Hill.
0: <laughs> okay, you just throw it in at any point in time, just scream it out. Yell Taysom Hill. See what happens. They have. They, isn't there backup to Andy Dalton. It is. Didn't they pick up Andy Dalton? Yeah. So if Jameis Winston is a dismal failure, you, you at least have the red rifle, right? I mean, I I say tongue in cheek. (laughs) Uh, Andy Dalton had one good season and ended up going down with a knee injury. uh, And that was it. He had the one good season in Cincinnati, went to the postseason, faced the Steelers, had the knee injury, and was never the same. Was never the same quarterback after that. Now, granted, they didn't have the same personnel. I understand that. But he was just never the same quarterback. And even in Chicago. And
1: then again, Chicago was complete, proven to be completely inept. But even in Chicago, he didn't look good. Was Dalton's career kind of a very poor man's Carson Palmer's? Same thing. Carson Palmer, same way, yeah. Had had a
0: taste in Cincinnati the postseason, and then off he went. Just thought he was he was going to be the next, never became the next, and just kind of went quietly into that
1: good night. He was good on same Arizona, thing. though, but in a similar way. He was okay. Good is a relative term, good, well, I can say good,, yeah, I'm comparing know. him to Andy
0: Dalton, you know, yes, oh God, yes. <laughs> yeah, Andy Dalton just is had that one good season, and that was it. that's when they they dubbed him the red rifle, and after that he was firing blanks. so oh boy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy, uh. Kelsey says, can't believe nobody's talking about the L.A. Rams. They could get OBJ back. There's some talk of that, and they are the defending champions. Why would we not be talking more about the Rams? Um, Good question. They pretty much stayed the same, right? There's not a whole lot of change there. They lost Von Miller. They lost OBJ. They still have Van Jefferson. They still have Cooper Cup. Um. The only change they made really as far as a starting role could possibly be was when they picked up Logan Bruss to be their right guard. Other than that, Bobby Wagner from Seattle, too, is a free agent. Yeah, Bobby Wagner, yeah. But that's that's really about it. It's the same team. Still got Jalen Ramsey back there. So, yeah, they're going to be a good team. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Um, this one's from says, hey, Unit, did you happen to catch the F1 race yesterday? Uh, that hour-and-a-half pre-race show showed exactly what F1 will never be to Elkhart Lake. We've already discussed that. We went through that last week, and we even talked to the people from Elkhart Lake. And actually, F1 has talked about it. So just so you know. Uh, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, David Beckham, uh, et cetera would uh, never show up there. They, No, they. It, it doesn't matter where the event is. If it's glitz and glam, they'll be there. If it's a must-see, you know, n- put it this way. They go to Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. So, come on. It's Louisville, Kentucky. Other than Churchill Downs and Papa John's Pizza, what else is in Louisville, Kentucky? Come on. We've seen Brady. We've seen Jordan there. Churchill Downs and the race itself is an event. People go to where the event is. If there was infrastructure and suites and all that kind of stuff, much like a PGA championship. Okay? You'll see people go to PGA championships. Go to US Opens. They're played in small cities sometimes. Look at Kohler, Wisconsin. And you saw you saw certain fans there as well. Now, they'll they'll go wherever the glitz and glam is. It's just that simple. 877-867-1670 coming up at the bottom of the hour. Going to talk some baseball. Mo Egger, ESPN Radio, is going to be joining us talking about the Brewers and the Reds coming up. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone
1: Radio Network. <laughs>
0: Thursday, May 19th, Uh, put it on your calendar, we're going to be broadcasting live from the social house, H-A-U-S, house, social house, grand reopening going on, and the entire weekend kicked off on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's going to be a large portion of the proceeds donated to Fisher House, Wisconsin, Uh, they're going to have music uh, and such, but uh, it's going to be a great event. Dan Dell, a big supporter of the motorcycle ride, but that is also going to be an on-site pre-registration opportunity. So if you're out and about, ride it around that day. We can do that for you. But uh, by all means, make it a, make it a point. Uh, Thursday, Thursday, May 19th, uh, from 10 to 2, we're going to be doing our live broadcast out at Social House on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Make it, uh, make it a point to be there. Hopefully uh, you get a chance to come out and say hello that day. We're going to have a good time. Going to be there all weekend, but uh, that is going to be the live broadcast day coming up. On uh, Thursday, May 19th. And you can see all the information and all the dates where we're going to be and such, at least what's on the calendar right now. Simply, if you go over to the Facebook fan page, go to Facebook.com. That's Facebook.com and uh, slash The Bill Michael Show. Facebook.com slash The Bill Michael Show. And you can see uh, all the dates where we're going to be. Thursday, May 19th, going to be at the Social House for the live broadcast. Uh, Monday, June 6th. We got our first cigar dinner coming up, so get over uh, to a quick Trip site. Go to tobaccooutletplusgrocery.com, dot com. dot com. That's going to be an Ironwood Golf Course in Waukesha. Our first cigar dinner going to be uh, Friday, June tenth, up there for the Indy Cars at Road America. Saturday, June eleventh, going to be in Fontana, uh, Fontana, Wisconsin, most likely for uh, in the evening. Down at the Abbey Resort, there's going to be a fundraiser there. Wednesday, June 15th, we're going to be at Turtleback Golf Course on the 15th and the 16th in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, for the Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Classic. And then uh, June 22nd, we're going to be be for the Cigar Dinner, another Cigar Dinner. That's going to be at Celebrations in La Crosse. Uh, June 27th, another Cigar Dinner at Cortez's down in uh, Kenosha. Uh, you got Sunday, September 4th. We're going to be at uh, the motorcycle ride, which is coming up. Uh, don't forget that uh, July 4th weekend. Uh, going into July 4th, we're going to be uh, at the NASCAR event uh, going up at Road America. Going to be up there. So we got a lot going on. A lot going on. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, ESPN Steve says just bought my tickets and a golf cart for the uh, WeatherTech Series at Road America. You guys go into the race. We will be there. Yes, we will. You are correct. We will be up there. Uh, not doing the live broadcast, though. Not like we have in the past. Not doing a live broadcast, but we're going to be there for sure. Going to be there that race weekend. Uh, compliments of not only Road America, but our friends at Cunis RV. Cunis RV, they have got to their Wisconsin's fastest growing RV dealer uh, in the state. And uh, go to cunisrv.com for everything that they have to offer. Cunis, K U N E S, that's K U N E S. Whether it's Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Catalina, Dutchman, Forest River, Gulfstream, they've got it all. They've got it all. Stop into any one of their locations, and uh, you can go look around. You can order. You can see what else they have on other lots. But go to cunisrv.com, and also they pay top dollar for your trade if you want to make a trade. And uh, maybe you want to trade up. Go from a fifth wheel to a motorhome or a camper van to a fifth wheel or a travel trailer, what have you. And also they offer consignment as well. Consignment at Cunis. Go to Cunis K U N E S CunisRV dot com. We go to the one down in Elkhorn. See my buddy Scott Remmer down there. He's the GM, and uh, he, he he'll take care of you down there. That's the one that I go to. But uh, they have them all over the state. Go to CunisRV dot com. That is Cunis K U uh, N S K U N E S CunisRV dot com. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk some more Brewers baseball. Uh, just for the fact that uh, the Brewers are in Cincinnati, we'll talk with Mo Egger of ESPN Radio there. Uh The Baltimore Ray Jim Trotter, we were talking about what teams you want to say, see play in primetime more often this year. Jim Trotter from the NFL Network says, uh, Baltimore always a must-see, not only because it has one of the game's more electrifying play- players and quarterback Lamar Jackson, whose ability to do something magical means never taking a bathroom break when the Ravens are on offense, but also because the defense plays the game as it should be played, physically, aggressively, and collectively. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Joe Thomas says Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Judy Batista says Kansas City Chiefs, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, again, Jeffrey uh, uh, says Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City. A lot of votes for those teams. A lot of votes for those teams. Um, also, here's another one. Uh, uh, what about the uh, Chargers? Justin Herbert this year trying to trying to make uh, a name for himself and take his team to the postseason and have success what about the Chargers I agree that whole and then there's the nobody's even mentioned the Denver Broncos which I find almost uh, a little bit shocking because they just picked up Russell Wilson This was a team that felt they had a defense. They had decent offensive players. They just needed a quarterback to start to get them there. And now they traded for Russell Wilson, who's found new life. And we've seen the video of him bringing the guys in into his backyard where he's got a a full football field in his backyard. I think it's a 50-yard field in his backyard. He's throwing deep passes to these guys. Of course he does. Sure, of course he does. That's the most Russell Wilson thing I've ever heard. Absolutely. I'm surprised he doesn't do church after the fact. Broadcast it live. And it does it but on Russell the field. Wilson, yeah, right. But Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, got them all out there. Got some weapons. So we'll see. And they already had a pretty good defense. But uh, but yeah, Russell Wilson now. That's that's gonna be a storyline to follow. And their new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I think we're forgetting to mention that. That's another team that I think is gonna find its way into some primetime games. Who's going to end up with the most, though? 877 1670 if you would like to find us. Feel free. Have, a, have an interest in to see who you would like to see more of. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers are in the mix. That I understand. Green Bay Packers are in the mix. But what else is there? What else is there? Um, Let's see here. Uh, Giants also. They, uh, James Bradbury got cut today. How about that? You know, the other team, by the way, um, that uh, people are talking about making strides, not that they're even ready for prim- prime time, but the, is the Jets because of everything they did. Uh, the Giants let go of uh, the cornerback, James Bradbury, after failing to find a trade partner. Uh, the move creates $10.1 million in salary cap while leaving $11.7 million in dead money. So there you go. They got uh, the the June the June first cuts will be coming. We all know that, and there might be another wide receiver that ends up falling into the market that the Packers may be able to go out and grab. So, don't uh, necessarily hold your breath to say that the Packers are going to do something. But it is a it's a possibility if they find the right deal out there. And again, I think what is. It's been so quiet on the Jair Alexander front as far as getting a a deal done with Jair Been very quiet there. I would assume something is going to be going to be done sometime soon. Uh, Mark says, uh, what's the difference between the Brewers on the road and at home, not being able to hit the ball, but coming home and storming the walls. Well, they're nine and six on the road, um, which is over 500. They're three and two in series play. And when they lost in Atlanta, uh, that snapped their six-game road win streak. So it's not like they're not playing well on the road. Last year, they went 50-31 and 31 on the road. So I'm, I'm, I'm not – they're, they're going to win again on the road, I would assume. Uh, the one thing you don't want to do is lose two out of three to Cincinnati. You want to keep the momentum going. I think, uh, um, but here, here you go. Here's your, here's your total, uh, the batting splits. On the road, they are hitting 217 as a team with an OPS of 611. At home, they're hitting 248 with an OPS of 818. I mean, that right there alone is, and they're under 300 when it comes to their on-base percentage on the road. For a while, it was looking like, you know, American Family Field was not going to be the place, the friendly confines, if you will, uh, uh, that the brewers were kind of hoping for. But they flip-flopped it very quickly. But on the road, they're just not hitting as well. Hopefully that changes tonight down at Great American Ballpark, which is a hitter's park, their first venture into Great American this season. So hopefully it all changes coming up later on tonight. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Do it couple of segments to go before we get out of here. We're going to talk some more baseball brewers tonight on uh on uh, the air. And they're going to be taking uh on the Cincinnati Reds as we had mentioned. Uh that is going by the way, that is going to be if I'm not mistaken a 5:40 central time start and Mr. Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff on the hill tonight 3 and 1 with the ERA that is a little high, although you take away that first start of the season, he's been lights out ever since but 518 against Luis Castillo coming back from injury. Luis Castillo throwing tonight, the long-awaited return for him. Reds sitting at 5-23. The Brewers beat the hell out of them at American Family Field. Can they do the same down in Cincinnati? And the Brewers coming into this contest 19-10, 9-6 on the road. Mo Egger of ESPN Radio going to join us. That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket,
1: this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network,
2: Creole Williams Lip Down Dirt Welcome
0: back to the program. Michael show. A couple of segments to go before we get out of here. Big series coming up for the uh, Brewers and the Reds. Reds get a couple of wins over the weekend. Maybe they put the train back on the tracks. In the meantime, the Brewers, who were so successful at American Family Field, pounding out 20 home runs on the homestand, go into Atlanta. And the last couple of games they played were only able to muster a total of four runs. So, what's going to happen? Tonight, as uh, we now go down to the Queen City and talk to our good friend Mo Eger from uh, ESPN Radio down there. You can find him on Twitter, at Mo Egger, E-G-G-E-R. Mo, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Bill. What's going on? So, uh, should we break up the Reds? They get a couple of wins over the weekend, man. It's like crazy.
2: <laughs> they actually won a series. Can you believe it? I mean, if they could just play the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, 60 or 70 times this year, they might jump back into this thing. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's first and foremost start with some of the injuries and the guys that were on the COVID list and such. I mean, that team has been decimated. Uh, so give us the update as to who is back and who may not be back for a while.
2: Uh, oh, God, they have 14 players on the injured list right now, most of all the Major League Baseball. I think that the key returning you're going to see tonight, Luis Castillo, is going to make his 2022 debut, guy who's supposed to be the staff ace, a guy that, frankly, if, if he... If he stays healthy, it's somebody we're going to be talking about a lot around the trade deadline because I think it goes without saying the Reds are going to be in sell mode and Luis would be, I think, near the top of the market in terms of, of, of pitchers that a contending team would be interested in because you get him not only for this year, but you get him for, for next year as well. But, you know, look, it's, it's not to make excuses because you can't because this wasn't a well-constructed roster, but they've had injuries in the outfield. They've had injuries to established guys like Joey Votto. Uh, they've had an injury to the reigning National League Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, who's already been on the injured list twice. Uh, they've had injuries to, to their starting staff. Nick Lodolo is a guy that they're really, really high on, um, a rookie, and, and a guy who's shown some really nice flashes. Unfortunately, his back has been acting up until so he's gone on the injured list. They've missed Lucas Sims, their closer, who has actually back and thrown the ball pretty well, but they've, they've missed him. It, it Really, at times, it's, it's been a matter of, God, okay, who do they have? And not so much who's going to start, but who are you going to use off the bench? Because their depth has been tested and is already was not a very deep team to begin with. So I think what you start, though, is you start the conversation with Luis Castillo because at the very least he is going to be on the mound tonight. I, uh,
0: I, I got to admit, I was watching them, when they spe- uh, specifically when they were here. Uh, it, it, boy, I tell you what, there are just at times this team is, it's, a lot of their wounds are self-inflicted. You know, watching the ball fall in the middle of the infield with three guys standing around it, balls that are dropped, not hitting cutoff men, overthrowing base paths—you know, same thing. You know, in foul territory with some of these guys, what is it? Is it just a calamity of errors? Guys not playing together. I mean, just what has it been that this team has just looked so bad?
2: You name it; it's gone wrong. I mean, look—they have they have the worst starting pitching ERA in baseball. They have the worst bullpen ERA in baseball. They have the second lowest team batting average in baseball and they're not a good defensive team um add that up and you get five and 23 quite frankly but it's yeah look they they exist even when healthy with an incredibly small margin for error so that puts a premium on not giving up outs on the base paths it puts a premium on making the quote-unquote easy plays in the field It, it puts a premium on not giving away outs uh, and unfortunately, they haven't been, been able to avoid all that. You referenced the pop-up play last week in, in Milwaukee. I think that was the day game where the ball fell right in front of, of the third base dugout uh, between three guys. We've seen stuff like that happen on multiple occasions. In fact, they had a game in Denver last Sunday in which it it, it, it occurred three times in the same inning, uh, twice in foul mm-hmm. territory, once in, in fair territory. It, it just it has been a calamity of errors. Um And it's shrunk in the margin for error for a team that that already didn't have it to begin with. I mean, look, last year's team, look at the two rosters. Even if this year's team was enjoying relatively good health, they said goodbye this offseason to five former All-Stars. Now, not all those guys were All-Stars last year, and some of those players actually had poor seasons last year, but five former All-Stars and a two-time Gold Glove winning catcher. So that's six regulars. That's six guys who were established, you know, pretty high-end big league players at one time or another that this team said goodbye to and didn't replace them with, you know, it's not like uh, they moved on from Jesse Winker and there was a guy, you know, sort of pushing him at the, you know, at the minor league level that they had to give playing time to. They replaced him with Tommy Pham. Uh, They replaced Eugenio Suarez with a, combination of dudes that include Colin Moran and Brandon Drury and Donovan Solano, who hasn't even played because he's gotten hurt. Um, the roster to begin with was not good. Uh, when when a team that's not good goes through injuries and it can't do the small things, the results are going to be disastrous.
0: I was talking last week, uh, Derek Johnson, Lee Tunnel, when they left here, they were considered gurus and these whisperers, so to speak, for pitching staffs. Uh, all I hear down there is, and it's true when you look at the starting rotation, they don't throw strikes consistently. More often than not, they're going to go to three and two on damn near every batter, and they're throwing four and a third, four and two thirds, maybe five innings if they're lucky. What has been the pitching problem that's been so highlighted with two guys that are considered to be pitching gurus sitting there in the uh, as far as the pitching coaches go?
2: Well, with Derek Johnson in particular, I think everybody still regards him as a great instructor of pitching. What they did this offseason, season, though, is they did the most Cincinnati Reds thing ever. They basically said to Derek Johnson, "You're really good at your job. So here's what we're going to do: we're not going to give you another job." Derek Johnson is the team's pitching coach. He's also the director of pitching for the organization. So his plate is pretty full. Now, I, I talked with Derek about this this off season, and. You know, he made it sound like, yeah, look, it was going to be an added workload, but it's something that he could take on. But it just strikes me as so much to bite off, right? You've got to handle the day in and day out of managing a big league pitching staff. All the while, you're setting the tone and monitoring what's happening elsewhere in the organization on the mound. I don't know how that works. I I, I honestly don't know how that works. Um, You know, with, with, with regard to, you know, what people might have said about Derek Johnson a year ago, Right. So he revived Sonny Gray's career. Sonny Gray's not here anymore. Uh, he was credited with getting Wade Miley to have a really good turnaround season last year. Wade Miley's not here anymore. Um, Luis Castillo hasn't thrown a pitch this season until tonight. They moved on this offseason from Michael Lorenzen. Moved on from Amir Garrett. Um, that for Amir Garrett, Mike Miner also hasn't thrown a pitch this year. They're paying him $9 million um hunter green we've seen flashes of brilliance we also saw him get beaten around in milwaukee last thursday when he looked like he was throwing batting practice i don't know how much of this you could put on Derek, but what i do think is interesting is he was getting really really good results when he had one job now he has two and you're also asking him to do more with less i think that's a really really hard ask
0: Talking with Mo Egger of ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, covering the Cincinnati Reds. You can get him on Twitter at Mo Egger. Uh, so Joey Votto, when the team, when he's with the team, they're two and two. Uh, without him, they've been getting the hell beat out of him. When does Joey Votto come back?
2: It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 among uh, in a season that has uh, provided a lot of mysteries, this is this is the latest. Um, He's, he's gone. First of all, he hasn't hit when he, has, when he has been in the lineup, right? So you look at the numbers, uh, and I think there's genuine cause for concern there because Joey changed his game last year to emphasize home runs. Well, Joey's going to be 39 years old in September. You and I both know that what doesn't age well, power, especially mm-hmm. in, when in an era in which the ball has been deadened. So there's a part of me that wonders, does it make sense for him to go back to the old way of hitting, which was work counts, be a little bit more patient, not as aggressive, hit the ball to all fields. Um, he hasn't done that yet. So he hasn't been productive. He went on the injured list, the COVID injury list. And, you know, it's, if you suffer a pulled hamstring or you hurt your elbow or you break a bone, that gets disclosed. When you're on the COVID list, that doesn't get disclosed. So, you know, right now it feels like it's anybody's guess as to when he's, he's going to be available.
0: Uh, I guess at this point, you know, obviously the Brewers are coming in. They're not as hot, losing two out of three to Atlanta. They're hoping to get hot again, offensively speaking. The weather is indicative down there to uh, the balls flying out of Great American Ballpark as it begins to warm up. We all know what is the now expectation? Because I've seen quite a few people that I follow on Twitter that cover the Reds you know, showing no fans in the stands. They're announcing 20,000, there's lucky to be five. I mean, so what is the expectation for this team right now, and what does the lack of pandemonium mean?
2: Well, I, I think the expectation for the team, you know, frankly, those those expectations weren't huge coming into the season. Now, I don't think anybody thought we would spend the spring and maybe early part of the summer, you know, keeping track of their pace as it relates to the 1962 Mets but that's what we're doing. Um, I, I frankly think the expectations this year, we don't even have them. They're so bad. What does it matter? You're 13 and a half games in of first place, and the season's a month old. Um, so the expectations for the rest of the season, just get it to the end of the season and then see where, where ownership decides to go. But, but I think what you're seeing in terms of fans not coming to the ballpark is certainly a reflection of the on-field product. But I think for the first time, what you're seeing is a very, very obvious rebuke of ownership, uh, its track record, and what they did to this team this offseason when, you know, look, that team last year wasn't terrible. I mean, you and I talked around the All-Star break when the Mm Reds and Brewers were playing seven games against each other, and we thought, all right, we might have a pennant race here. Now, obviously, Milwaukee ran away with it, but that's still a team that finished with an above 500 record, and you felt like... With a decent offseason and the likelihood of an added postseason team in the National League, this team could contend. And instead, they dismantled it and, and not necessarily tanked. I mean, their, their payroll is still reasonably high relative to the market size. But they just, you know, there, there's been what ownership has done. There's been some of the things that have come out of Phil Castellani's mouth. He's the team's chief operating officer. Right. Where he basically said, you know, what, what, what else are fans going to do? Well... They've answered that question. We'll do anything but go show up the Great American Ballpark.
0: Always great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, and say hi to Jimmy Moe when you get over to the Holy Grail for me, okay?
2: I will see him tonight, and I will say hello.
0: Give him a hug. Tell him a high high five from an elder grad, all right? You got him, my man. I'll see you. All right, buddy. Talk to you later, Moe. There you go. Moe Egger, ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, giving us a lowdown. And uh, he's right. It is not a lot of hope down there right now. Not a lot of hope. Not a lot of hope for anything. I think their hope is just get us through to the uh, regular season for football and uh, pray to God Joe Burrow stays healthy. That's about the extent of it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. A reminder, the uh, registration, the pre-registration is now open. All you got to do is go to FisherhouseWI.org. That is FisherhouseWI.org. If you want to get pre-registered for the motorcycle ride, it's a little bit cheaper to pre-register than it is the day of, and it comes with some great opportunities to win some great prizes. The motorcycle ride going to be Sunday september 4th we cannot beg you enough to join us we want to make this one our biggest and better on our 15th anniversary hope to see you go to fisherhousewi.org more of the bill Michael show we wrap it up coming up next covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill Michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Forgotten Fire Winery, right here in our own backyard. Forgotten Fire Winery up in Pestigo, Wisconsin. Got to say thanks to them for being a big part of the program. They have different wines, they even have some cider wines. In case you're interested, they've been doing this a long time, and they their motto is, "Look, wine is it can be snooty. We all know that. We're not snooty. We're Wisconsinites. We're Midwesterners, and we carry a different uh, lack of snootiness, if you will. And their motto is, "Fun in a bottle. It's you know, it's it's good stuff, and it's it's made right here in the state of Wisconsin, made right here in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. And uh, they're a great place to go if you're looking for a winery tour." If you're looking to buy some bottles at your local grocery stores, liquor stores, things like that, go to forgotten, ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. And we can't say thanks enough to them for becoming a part of the, uh, part of the program. But I'm telling you, I've had some people over the weekend that re- we were at uh, the Kentucky Derby thing over the weekend. I had a friend, uh, a friend of a friend, we'll say, walk up to me and said, hey, I heard you got that winery on board. And I said, I did. He said, my wife and I were just there not that long ago, had a lot of fun, and uh, said uh, a couple of really good wines. He gave me some suggestions, and I completely forgot the the name of the suggestions. I apologize. My apologies. But the bottom line was I was smiling because I'm thinking, there's some people that know about Forgotten Fire Winery here in the state of Wisconsin, and they really like it, really enjoy it. So uh, if you're looking for some good wines made right here, and fun in a bottle, as they say, non-snooty Forgottenfirewinery.com but look for it at your local grocery store, your liquor stores, your total wine type of stores, that type of place. There you go. Forgotten Fire Winery. Great, great people, a lot of fun. So, coming up tomorrow on the program, we all know what's coming up tomorrow. Come on, let's be honest, right? Tomorrow, we're going to recap the uh, Game 4 of the Bucks and the Celtics coming up tonight down at the Fiserv Forum and we'll we'll break everything down. We'll talk about what happened We'll talk about what's coming up next in game five. Uh, Bucks are a point favorite tonight. That's come down a little bit. A lot of the national pundits are saying this is it for the Celtics that they got to get a win tonight or it's over. So look uh, for the Bucks to come out and see and take the absolute best shot from the uh, Boston Celtics tonight. They're going to get their best shot tonight. Cause, uh, cause if, if the Bucks win this game, then it's the desperation shot. Anything goes in game five. But uh, the Bucks are going to get their best shot tonight. And uh, then you got the Brewers. Brewers coming up tonight. Luis Castillo goes to the Hill this evening for the Cincinnati Reds. And Castillo making his de- season debut. This was the guy that is supposed to be Cincinnati's ace. He, did, he has not pitched at all this season. Going up against the, the Brewers' Brandon Woodruff this evening. That is a 540 Central Time start tonight. 540 Central Time start tonight uh, from the Queen City. And in the meantime, then you got the Bucks tonight, 6.30 Central Time on TNT. The Bucks and the Celtics tipping off tonight at the Pfizer Forum, which means the Deer District's going to be rocking. They're going to have both games up and running. If you're going to be stopping at any of the restaurants, there's always a Calderon Club, there's San Giorgio, there's Stenny's, a lot of the places downtown, or the bars that are going to be on the outskirts, or maybe wherever it is you live. If you're going to be out at Wisconsin Brewing tonight, or if you're going to be up at Howie's in La Crosse tonight, or maybe somewhere else that's going to be a party, if you're going to be at the, the bar up in Wausau, uh, or in Mosey or in Rothschild, I should say. Uh, going to be a good one tonight. So stop in any one of these places and grab yourself a beverage, grab yourself some dinner, sit back, relax, because it's going to be all Milwaukee and Wisconsin all the time tonight. Bucks and Celtics tonight,
1: Brewers and Reds. And, uh, Ben, you've got uh, the Bucks uh, losing tonight? Ugh, all right. If I was put on the spot, I would probably pick the Celtics to win by a point. Okay. Celtics by a point tonight. Uh,
0: I've got the, the, uh, the bucks by a point or two, 105, 105, three, something like that. And go from there. I'm looking forward to it. Tonight's going to be a good night. Can't wait. Uh, so that's going to kind of do it for us today. And then back tomorrow to talk about all of this and so much more, all of this and so much more coming up tomorrow on the program. Um, let's see here. Uh, Brett says you do need a million-dollar horse. Kentucky Derby, Rich Strike, could be a contender in the last two races. You do need a million-dollar horse. Um, you know what? Again, that horse was 80-1 to 1 going into the Derby. I don't even think that horse is probably going to be expected to win in the next two races. For that matter, Brett says also the Bucks need this one tonight. That'll do it. I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait for tonight. I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm going to be hunkered down. I'm going to have multiple TVs going tonight. Should be a good one. Live from the wagon wheel. (laughs) The bar downstairs. All right. Thanks to everybody for participating tonight. Everybody over in the Bud Light live stream, everybody on Twitter, everybody hitting us up. And if you want to listen to any part of the program or maybe something you missed, you want to listen to the whole thing over again. Don't forget, we live each and every day on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can always find us at any one of those ventures and we're good to go. Until we talk again tomorrow. Go Bucks, go Brewers. Time for us to go have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.